tonight on The Goblin's Corner. Stupid Spells. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblin's Corner. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And tonight? Stupid spells. Yeah. We just got some dumbass spells to throw at you guys. Yep. This is this is just one of our ridiculous episodes, and I love everything about this. This is our gift to you, the listeners. Some spells for your campaign. That you're not going to find in any book? No. Absolutely. Definitely not. And a couple of these we've used in our campaigns over the years, and we're giving to you to play in your campaigns. Yep. But before we get to all of that, we've got a question of the week, if I recall. We do. We do. Hit me. Pick a genre. Any genre? Yep, any genre. So Doesn't... sci-fi, fantasy, horror, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Cyberpunk, who cares? Okay. I'm... I'm, I'm Digging it. Okay. Or two, if you like, whatever. Based off of your personality mm-hmm. and or skill set, what would your title be in that world? So you got like uh, like Halister the Mad, right? Because he's crazy. Right. I mean, you got, uh, what you got? You got uh, the freaking Bloody Queen of Scots, right? Like Eric the Red. Eric the Red. Sure. So, uh, what you got? Hmm. Let me use my, I guess, my own name. So, Eric the Whimsical. Eric the Whimsical. All right. So, what setting is that? You going uh, strictly fantasy or that? I'm going, yeah, just a straight, typical fantasy campaign. Eric the Whimsical. It would definitely be a chaos mage of some sort. I'm going to go with... Now, if I had... Oh. I have another one. Okay. Now, if we were playing... A Shadowrun campaign. Sure. I would definitely be Eric the Urban Renewal. Yes. Because that's my favorite spell in Shadowrun is Urban Renewal. Just blow up some fucking buildings. Well, not really blow them up. But definitely level them. Yes. You would reappropriate them for nature. That is absolutely potentially the case. (laughs) You can definitely justify it however you like. Well, I mean, that's theoretically what the spell does. I mean... Whether you use it offensively or not is completely immaterial. That is, yeah, that is also correct. <laughs> now, you have one, I believe. I do. So I would, I would definitely, uh, I would go in a fantasy world. I think I would be Matt, bringer of festivities. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, you, I mean, at con, you do walk around with booze in your backpack. Yes. Yeah. That's very accurate. Mm-hmm. What about, in, what about in like a, a cyberpunk or sci-fi world? Let's go sci-fi with you. Sci-fi. Like no magic, just straight up. Like I would say, I'm going to be specific on this one. Let's go mm, post-scarcity society sci-fi. Okay. Okay. So. so like fifth element or even past transmet type stuff. Maybe more. Star Trek-y. Yeah, either Star Trekky or Culture Series. You never read Culture Series, did you? No. It's a good book. Good series. And Fifth Element isn't post scarcity. No, they're not. That's not post scarcity. Because dude's driving a taxi for a living. I mean, it could be post scarcity for some. Sure. But he's driving a taxi. Why is he driving a taxi? Because you're allowed to be a rude ass. I guess. 
Multipass. All right. So what would your post-scarcity society futuristic title be? Hmm. I think, uh, you know, honestly, I can't, in a world like that, I would probably still be a bartender. Yeah. I already know what your title would be. Bartender? Historical celebratory. Hmm. That's true. Uh, Doctor of celebratory libations. It's Pro- a very, it's a very uh, specific field. <laughs> Professor of archaeolibations. There we go. Yeah, archaeolibations. That's what it is. Yep. We had you just dig up old recipes of how to make booze. Yes. Perfect. Do you have a title that you'd like to share with us? <laughs> Write to us info at goblinscorner.com or you can reach me Eric at goblinscorner.com or of course Matt. At goblinscorner.com. All right, let's get past all this ridiculousness because- <laughs> So I that think, we can get into some ridiculousness? Yeah, because we're just getting punchy at this point, and it's just going to get even worse. Now, speaking of which, we're doing stupid spells, guys, and we have written some spells. Some of these we've made up on this fly, what, like this tonight, last yeah. night, and a couple of these that I know I have had for several years that I'm going to gift to you. Now, you might be wondering to yourself, why are we? Why, why even do stupid spells? Well- let us tell you why. It is our belief. Yes. Wholehearted, firmly held. With all of my fiber, belief. my being. Not just fiber, but all of my being and the fiber in my being. Sure. A little Metamucil up in your soul. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it is our firm belief that once even slightly understood, magic would be developed for the sheer amusement of mages, bards, etc. Now like, we it, it we would. T- we talked a little bit about this in Chimera's our last episode, and it's there's just gonna be some weird shit when magic gets involved. Straight up. Yeah. I mean, Chimera's a perfect example. The owl bear is a perfect example. And we came we gave you a whole bunch of weird ass monsters for you to play with. Right. Now we're giving you the reason behind all of those weird ass monsters because of these stupid spells. Well, and let's face it. Okay, uh, here's here's my primary example for this. Okay, Hallister technology technology. Okay, I don't know where you're going with this, but go for it. Okay, how many useless random technological knickknacks exist simply because it amused someone who had enough engineering know-how to make it happen? There are many people that bought the shake weight, the the shake, forget tomagachis, right? The 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 little Two bit pets that you that you can feed and take care of. You guys st- know you own some. I know people who still have them today. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure they exist. So things like that prove to me, beyond a shadow of a doubt, the fact that those even exist. That there would be mages and bards out there who are like, you know, what this world needs. This world needs my specific take on something asinine. Here's some magic for your life. Not every wizard is Elminster. Not right. every wizard is Gandalf. Yeah. And they're going to be amidst these glowing fires of creation coming up with really awesome spells. A bunch of idiot wizards and sorcerers and bards making some stuff for everybody else. Yeah. Um, there's going to be people like us who would research things for hours on end for the lulls. Yep. And it takes kind of a madman to be a wizard. Yeah, I mean... I mean, to study all these long hours and, and eat a spider and do all the weird gestures just so you can, you know, climb on the walls. Right. 
Bards are crazy. And let's be honest, just power in general, the ability to warp reality as a spellcaster is going to make you crazy. Sure. Either crazy with power or just crazy, crazy. Right. I never want to, for the rest of my life, clean my house. Unseen Servant, that's exactly what happened. Sure. You will never convince me otherwise. The, the sheer existence of Unseen Servant is because there was some mage that said, fuck it, I will never clean my house again. Not to mention the fact that you have whimsical deities. Sure. There's lots of deities of chaos just floating around in, in a fantasy setting, whatever your game happens to be. Otherworldly creatures. Strange with... otherworldly patrons. Yeah. Yeah. Wild, wild magic. magic. <laughs> Goddamn wild magic all day long. And and let's not talk about other dimensions. Yeah. Because the planes are weird. The the far realm is 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 weird horror. Yeah. The limbo is weird in my in my book. Limbo is weird with party balloons and such, but it could be weird however you want to Every make place weird. is weird. Yeah, they're just weird, man. Like, have you guys examined the Outer Planes? It's kind of fucked up. Like, think about it. An entire dimension. Let's go, you know what? Let's go Mount Celestia. Lantern icons. What? Yeah. There's a perfect example. Why are there, lan- why are there flying little lanterns that look like the tank from Legend of Zelda? Hey, Listen. Like, just floating around. Yeah. They've got tiny elephants. Yeah. What the fuck's up with that? Reasons. Right. Gaming, Whimsical gods. And, and and while we didn't add this in our actual thing we're reading from, storytelling in general is weird. Yeah. Like, you kind of have to be a little out of your gourd to sit with a whole bunch of people, either in person or online, and tell a story. Yeah. And... I have noticed personally, and Matt has noticed as well, I believe I'm speaking for you, that over the last couple of years, we've noticed a lot of people being very serious with their games. Yeah. Now, there's nothing wrong with a serious campaign. I love serious stuff, right? Get into some really interesting role playing, do some fun moral quandaries, maybe something epic that we're writing. But let's be honest, guys, this is a game. I yeah I, I'm in it for the chuckles. There has to be levity. There absolutely has to be levity, and the and to me, especially in very serious games, you have to recognize the fact that levity exists, and regardless of how dark things are, someone will make fun of it. Yes, that is reality. That is the human mind in a nutshell someone the darker it gets the more likely somebody is going to mock it just out of self-preservation so so we've got crazy wizards crazy planes and a definite need for humor in campaigns yep but uh, another reason that these exist is because booze exists yes and when you've got wizards and you've got booze you've got stupid spells you've got stupid spells stupid damn spells now one thing I've noticed also lately in, a, in many newer editions of games is the magic tends toward combat. Yep. And you see a lack of a lot of utility spells that you would have in previous editions. We'll talk about D&D, obviously. Like, second edition D&D had all kinds of utility spells. And they start, they've started to strip some of those away, some for good reason and some for not so good reasons. Some they're just trying to, you know... Streamline the game. Right. Which is, which is a natural progression. You streamline the game then you sell them more books to add back to the game. That's how it works, guys. 
some of it is the no one ever used these spells, which is not really a great reason for me. And patently false. And some of it is some of the game systems want to be video games. And a lot of people play video games. And so the more you kind of adopt that video game model, the easier it is for people who, who've never maybe played a role-playing game to adopt a tabletop game. Right. Now, for better or for ill, obviously. I, I personally, the reason I play, I prefer RPGs over video games personally is because it is far easier to do things that change the landscape in a TTRPG than it is in a video game. There, right. are, there are creative exercise. There are creative things that you can do as a player and as a storyteller that you simply can't do in a video game. Yeah, but the reality of the situation is is that most spells are combat oriented. Yeah, I mean, I was looking through Five E. Most spells in Five E are combat. Yes, straight up. Yeah. There's a couple utility spells, but mostly combat. Right. And when we're talking magical societies. Sure. Like Eberron's a perfect example of magical societies, right? Because you got a lot more, you know, everyday things going on. You've got ever-present lamps and stuff like that. Ever-burning. You've got ever-burning lamps on all the street corners and stuff like that. Those type of utility spells, which your characters may never use, should exist in the game. Sure. If for no other reason than because you're in a magic society, guys. So we're trying to add a little bit of that utility back in because that would be the bread and butter of most minor mages. And honestly, some epic mages too. Epic mages got to get shit done. They can't just blast everything when all you have is a hammer. Everything's a nail. Exactly. So stupid spells would be developed as that byproduct of utility spells. That's how I see it. Right. Now, to that end. We got to get a couple of things out of the way first. Let's get some ground rules out for this episode. First off. No sex spells in this episode we're not doing sex spells i'm sorry if that's what you were hoping for when we thought stupid spells you're out of luck yeah there there are books out there if you want to look them up but that's not what we're going to be there's doing. some for third edition there's some for second edition i'm sure there's some supplements for fifth at this point oh, and for whatever other now. game you're doing we're not doing sex spells in this episode you don't want to hear us talk about it right so it ain't happening no poo spells nope too it's, easy yeah too easy and, and in fact, one of our players wrote a spell that was exactly that. You remember who it is? Oh, yeah. I remember the name of the spell. I'm not going to say it. Nope. Uh, additionally, and this is mostly for us because while they are stupid spells, they should be useful stupid spells. Sure. Because they need to have some use. Because if they're not useful, then why would you have these spells? But they should also be silly enough for the purposes of our episode. Right. So those are the ground rules that we have for coming up with these, well, we've got six spells. Yes. And I have I have a semi-seventh that I'll pr- I might toss in at the end, but it's, it's in development. And you're more than welcome to do so. So we've got six spells, and they're kind of not even arranged in any particular order. It's just, I think, I say, you say one, I say one, and so on and so forth. And we'll get to these spells. So, again, they should have some sort of utility. They should be kind of silly in nature. And they're not going to be poo or sex oriented. Right. But they will definitely be amusing. So Matt, you've got the first one. Tell me about what Fay curse is. So I'm, I'm kind of 
kicking around the name on this. It could be Faye Curse. It might be Faye Bane or even Faye Blessing, depending on where, where you stand on it. But here's the concept here. It's a first-level conjuration spell for wizards, sorcerers, druids, rangers, warlocks, if they would bother wasting one of their very precious spell slots on it. The range is 60 feet. Mm-hmm. The duration is one week. Oh, I, I, that, this is an awful, horrible spell, and I love it. Upcasting this spell adds either an extra target or an extra week duration Per level of spell. Jesus, man, that means if you were really high level, that'd be 10 weeks of this spell. Nine. Nine yeah. weeks. Nine weeks of the spell, yeah. Yeah. That's all. Okay. Anybody that makes you blow a ninth on this clearly has it coming. That's I true. I have zero sympathy for that. Let's, let's talk about this spell. All right. Because I am laughing inside, but everyone else needs to laugh as well. All right. This spell causes the target to shed a subtle trail of glittery motes everywhere they go and on every surface they touch for the duration of the spell. All attempts to track them are made with advantage. An intelligent save negates and may be made again at dusk every day for the duration. The spell can be used to irritate or amuse and very much depends on the target's feeling towards such things. I've got a couple notes on here. So hold on a second. So this, this basically... Covers them in glitter. Yes. That's all it does? A week's worth of glitter? Yes. That is awful and awesome at the same time. Yes. That's... So you glitter someone for a week, and if you blow a ninth level spell, you glitter someone for nine weeks straight. Yes. And glitter multiplies. It does. I I firmly believe that one piece of glitter creates multiple pieces of glitter. (laughs) All right. I, I I do have a couple of notes. The first is that with all things glitter, it does not dissipate. This is this is a conjuration effect. The glitter stays. Okay. Because you've dealt with glitter. I've yeah. dealt with glitter. The glitter never goes away. Yes. Secondly, at the DM's discretion, local Fae may take notice of the target. And, you know, as with all things Fae, that could be a good or a bad thing. Yeah, that's a stupid spell. All right. I love that. That's also a mean spell. Yes. But not damaging, not combat oriented. Yeah. Definitely a curse. Petty. Petty. It's petty. It's It's fucking petty. (laughs) And I love it. This is so great. Wonderful. That's a first level conjuration spell. Awesome. Next up, we have one of mine. And this one's been around. And there's a story behind this because... Well, let me re- let me get to the spell, and then I'll tell you the story behind this. It's called Summon Podium. It is a conjuration cantrip for wizards, sorcerers, clerics, bards. I will even say warlocks, if you happen to be that type of warlock. Five-foot range, five-foot area, ten-minute duration with concentration. Now, this spell temporarily creates a step stool, podium, speaking lectern, soapbox, or similar type of speaking platform for the purpose of addressing a crowd. Standing upon the podium... Boost the speaker's height by about like a foot to six feet. It really depends, respectively. Allowing anyone within hearing range to see the speaker easier. In addition, the podium radiates dim light, about 30 foot range. Especially when the speaker is addressing the crowd. And slightly boosts the speaker's volume, giving a plus two to any perform, oratory, or speaking checks 
or at the DM's discretion, maybe like a plus two bonus to influencing the crowd, either by persuasion or intimidation or what diplomacy, what have you, right? Sure. It basically summons a podium, amplifies their voice slightly. Now, the story behind this is we had a player years ago who every time he wanted to talk to somebody or tried to intimidate or influence a character in our game would literally just say, summon podium, and he would stand, he would stand up a little straighter and he would address the crowd. And he did this so many times, I made this a damn spell in the game. Sure. And so that is now a straight up conjuration cantrip. There you go. Stand up. You've addressed. <laughs> Beneficial. Yeah. Mostly for flavor. Yeah. And, and it doesn't matter what the podium looks like. Could be a soapbox. But what type of caster is it? I think that determines what the podium Def- looks yeah. like. So you might have, yeah, if you're, a, if you're a wizard, you might have a lectern. You might have, what is it? The uh, I guess a lectern is for uh, clerics as well. Sure. Well, yeah. I, think, I think specifically it's a podium. Yeah, that'd be a definitely yeah, like a straight up podium yep. for, like you see like a cleric of Paylor, you know, just summon podium. And Paylor said to me, can I get a ha? Yeah. So that's it. Summon podium. Just summons a damn podium. And that's pretty self-explanatory. All right. We've got a couple more spells that are stupid. We will be back after these messages. This episode brought to you by. Okay. Let's take a hard left away from the fantasy, away from the dragons. Let's do mutants. And Masterminds, an actual play podcast. Hi, I'm Allie with Dice Drop Evolution, a podcast based 200 years in the modern future after a huge nuclear war. Now, that radiation does things to people. Things that might contort and twist and turn what the human body can actually do. Some call them superpowers. Others call them mutations. How about you decide? All the way in the sanctuary city of Eden. You can find out more by following our Twitter at dice underscore drop. And you can find us on all major podcast platforms. See you there. If there are any topics you would like us to cover, goods or services you would like us to review, or if you would like to sponsor an episode, we would love for you to contact us at info at goblinscorner.com. See you there. And we're back. Welcome back. All right. We got a couple more spells to go over, and I believe we talked already about your glitter bomb that you have, first little spell, and then summon podium, which is the speaking method of choice in my campaign. Sure. Now you've got an, one where it's it's it I would I would say it's a combat spell. Oh, it no. It, but it's, it's not. really just an arsonist spell. Yes. Yes. So talk to me. All right. The the name of the spell is burn it down. It needs to be said with inflection. Like you you're wanting to burn it down. Okay. All right. This is a fifth level wizard or sorcerer spell. The range is 30 feet. That's important. The duration is 10 rounds. 
So not a particularly long range. 30-foot range is, you know, combat range. Right. Close combat. The area of effect is a 50-foot radius circle. Okay. You are in the radius of the spell when it oh, goes off. Oh, I see now. Okay. So it is. you are definitely within range of... It, you can't not be. Okay. Definitely a stupid spell so far. All right. It's simple. This spell summons 10 tiny fire elementals at random within the 50-foot radius. Mm-hmm. These elementals are uncontrolled, and they have no urge greater than to begin a conflagration. So you summon, all I see are these tiny little fire things going, woo, woo, and they're just like burning the shit out of stuff. Yes. Okay. Yes, that is, that is precisely what you should be picturing. So we're in agreement. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. They make all combat decisions based on what the most flammable options are and will happily skirt all combatants in favor of touching off more fires if possible. Because you're going to get burned anyway if you're in the radius unless you move. Yep. The elementals are not confined to the sphere. They are merely summoned within it. So, and this is a standard action, I assume? Yes. So, I summon a group of fire elementals in a 50-foot radius. Yep. Which means, at best, I can be 20 feet inside the circle. Mm-hmm. They just start burning the shit out of stuff. Yep. I'm in a house. They're burning the house down. Yes. Uh, you should. Uh, if, you never, choose, if you choose to cast this in a house, who am I to, to, to say you're wrong? You know what? If you are mad enough to cast a fifth-level spell to burn the house down to the ground, this is what you cast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the house... It, is gone. Smokey the bear is getting mad at this spell at this point because you're you're burning the forest fire. You're, it's a, one gigantic forest fire. Yes, and it is whatever. If you cast this spell, you want whatever is around you to be cinders. And you you may have to suffer in the process, but it's going to burn. Hey, look. Sometimes that's just how it works. I love this. And then of course they start running willy nilly, burning everything else. Yes. For ten rounds. <laughs> For ten rounds. That's definitely long enough to burn a forest down. Yeah. That's 300 foot of movement. Hmm. I approve of the spell. <laughs> All right. So yours, what you got? This is, uh, I believe this is another long running spell for uh, This for is a us. long running joke. Yeah. This is called 5-0. And yes, it's exactly what you think about it. Yes. When you say 5-0. It's a 60-foot range, one-round enchantment charm spell at second level. And I have it just for sorcerer, wizards, and bards, but you could theoretically adapt it to really anybody. We don't really care who it's for. Right. I mean, you briefly charm up to five creatures with an instinctual fear of authority and implant a driving need to look out the window. That's it. That's it. So we just have to run and gag, you know, five zero. you look out the window. Oh, shit. Well, this spell makes you go to the nearest window and look out the window. And if, the duration is only one round. It's only one round. It's enough in a combat series. You could technically use this for combat, but mostly use it for flavor. A flash of blue lights and a whoop whoop sound emanates from the nearest window or outside opening. <laughs> and then at higher levels, you may affect two more individuals per level. 
Sure. And basically, this is the command spell of a sort. To look out the window. To look out the window. And they, the person, for me. This, by the way, is a great distraction spell. Sure. You need to get into the gates. You walk in. What are you doing here? 5-0. And they go look out the window. You sneak past them or you run past them. Right. Uh, The other thing is, is if you're in a combat where there's not a window, the way I rule it is they spend a turn looking for for a window. Yep, absolutely. You could also rule that if you are of a position of authority, maybe they fear you the authority. Because you're the 5-0. Sure, but at that point, you should just cast fear. That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> Again, stupid spell. Yep. And and for our friends across the pond, if you don't know what 5-0 is, that's the police. Yeah. All right. Uh, talking about ridiculous spells, I think that you may have taken the cake for this episode, my friend. This is probably the dumbest spell, and yet I would definitely use this as a player character in a game. 100%. I would 100% use this. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. So, (laughs) go ahead. In fact, I would have a wand made of it. Oh, absolutely. So tell me about Lord Ludwig's Luxurious Locks. It is a first level abjuration spell. Yeah. I know why. Wizard, sorcerer, bard. I would I would also say cleric of soon. Sure, sure. I you know, make allowances where needed. Sure. The duration is one week. Okay. So Once again, I, I understand it's a long duration. You'll but these under- are stupid spells. Right. Hair is magically grown, cut, styled, colored, and protected. For the duration of the spell, only direct intentional force can affect this fabulous do. Let's let's pause there. When you say intentional force, does that mean damage? Like, can I do fire damage or literally just only force damage works? Uh, No, no, no. Like, if... Because if you have a hair helmet, that is also ridiculous and awesome. Oh, no. It still hurts your skull. It just doesn't hurt the hair. Okay. (laughs) I'm cool with that. But you have to intentionally cut the hair. You have to intentionally set the hair on fire. I.e., if you get burnt in a fireball, your hair still looks fabulous. It does nothing to protect the rest of you. Because the intention was to hurt you, not your hair. Precisely. Got it. Okay. I'm. You know what? For the text, and, and you know, in a campaign setting, this is perfect. <laughs> this is wonderful. Okay. Kid, I'm sorry. Continue. Certainly. The magic can also be used to remain completely clean-shaven for the duration, as well as maintaining facial and body hair as desired. Upcasting allows you to pick an extra target per level above first, as well as adding a weak duration for every two levels above first. Oh my god, we would be, we'd be the most well-groomed party of characters ever. 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 Yes. And you know what? If you're a spellcaster, you should have good hair. Yeah. I say this as a bald man. You should be well-groomed yeah. regardless. And I'm going to have... And it should whip in the wind majestically. Well, sure. And But the but the wind doesn't actually mess up your hair. That's right. It's it's still well-groomed. No matter how... You could be in a gale... You could be in gale-force weather and it doesn't matter. Absolutely. 
See, I'm still coming out looking for walk out of that exploded house that you just burned down to the ground with the other previous spell. Walk out looking like a boss all day. You might be charred, but your hair is fantastic. Yep. That's I'm telling you, man, uh, let's face it. All of our characters would have that. We've had a lot of fun making these spells and I definitely, <laughs> I definitely crafted a little bit of extra time into this last spell that we have for the evening, which I call McDungeons. This is a... I've noticed we've focused a lot on conjuration spells this time. We may have to work on some other ones. This is a third level conjuration spell for whoever. Say wizard, sorcerer, cleric, probably. Sure. One round casting time, 30 foot range. Duration, five minutes. There's a reason behind that. A two foot wide by three foot tall opening into a dark, greasy dimension opens anywhere within range. The smell of deep-fried, barely edible food emanates, along with the sounds of clanging utensils and sizzling meat. It summons McDonald's. True. Upon casting the spell, up to ten individuals selected during casting may line up and approach the opening, asking for the Slappy Meal. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) It's a a Slappy Meal, guy. It's D&D. It's a Slappy Meal. They have the option to get either beef, chicken, or fish, but whatever they do order, it looks and tastes exactly the same. And I'm not specifying what it tastes like, but right. it, it, the beef tastes like the same as the chicken or the fish. They get in a Slappy Meal. What do you expect? The meal provides nourishment for one day, so much like a good berry provides nourishment for a day. Right. However, cumulative castings of McDungeons in a row will cause one level of exhaustion per day cast and potentially obesity. The Slappy Meal comes with a random toy or trinket at the DM's discretion. So you can roll on the trinkets thing. Yeah, no, I love that. That's I, a great idea. It's it's just, it's a happy meal. Yeah. It's a happy meal in spell form. Summoned from a dark dimension of greasy burgers. Now there's more to this spell, because I'm weird. Right. The portal opens and closes via a thick glass door each time an individual orders. So as you're lining up over the next five minutes and ordering a meal, it's what you get. And in addition to this two by three window... Mm-hmm. There is a 5% chance at random that a demonic hand will grab the character and pull them in, transporting them to a random plane to be determined from a random roll. So you roll that one, you go someplace else Whee! if you get too close. Instead of pick them up, bing, it grabs you and it sends you someplace else. Should the characters try to force their way through the portal, a similar effect occurs. So if you try to jam yourself into a two foot by three foot window, you might be transported 5% chance to a random plane. What happens the other 95% chance you may ask? Yeah. Nothing. You just fall out the window. You like, just fall you, through the other you side? fall through the other side and it's like you're facing the other side. Sure. So that's Big Dungeons. Gives you barely edible food and over time, obesity. Makes sense. I've... I've I also I love the addition of the uh, the new trinket option. I think that's great. That's perfect. Oh, you like the uh, the toys, the random trinket or toys? Yeah. And you know you can roll on that. I kind of think it would be fun depending upon where you are. Or this is a great way to interject some flavor into. Sorry for the pun. Some flavor into storytelling. Sure. You could have something that relates to whatever you're working on in the campaign or whatnot. You know, I mentioned earlier that I was thinking about a fourth spell, and it, I haven't named it yet, but the whole premise of the spell basically is the speediest 
festival set up, right? You've got a you've got a wizard out there that absolutely loves festivals. He loves to party. Yeah. Who doesn't like to party? Silly people. That's right. So, at dusk, everybody in town, in the city limits, they set all the decorations outside their door. Okay. The wizard casts a spell. A small army of unseen servants don't appear because they're unseen. Correct. But they show up. Their effects are seen. Right. They clean the town. They wipe everything down. They pick the litter off the streets, all of this stuff. And all of the decorations get put up between sundown and sunset. And then everybody wakes up the next morning and their town is dressed for festivities. Hmm. And that's the only purpose of the spell. And if the spell is cast with no decorations put out, it fails. Yes. You can't use it to clean the town. It has to be for festivals. We shall call this Phase Fast Fabulous Festivities. Sure. And it shall be a sixth level, maybe seventh level spell because of the mile radius. Yeah. Got to have a mile radius on this one. That's fair. Yeah, because it decorates an entire town. Casting time, 10 minutes. Because you got to set it up, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or alternatively, as long as it takes for someone to dance while playing Venga Boys, we like to party. So also fair. About three minutes yeah. in that case. But if, But I would say that you have to do that while you're playing. Yeah, if you don't do it, if you, then yeah, it takes. If 10 you minutes. don't do the Six Flags dance to Venga Boys, then you have to. It takes ten minutes in game time. Yep. Uh, bonus points if you have a hat, a party hat. Yes. Or a noisemaker. Sure. And that's definitely going to be the components, which we by by the way did not add to any of these spells. Well, which I mean, is fine. Clearly, for the Fae Curse, glitter, glitter. Yes, it's it's, it's obviously glitter. Summon podium is a cantrip, I would say, probably. A handful of matches for burn it down. Yep. Oh, 10 matches. Hmm. One for each tiny fire elemental. What do you think for a badge for 5-0? Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> it's just a random badge you found. What about Ludwig's luxurious locks? Uh, well, I think it's going to have to be a comb or brush worth at least 50 gold but it is not you it is not used up in the casting okay and for mcdungeons i would say a spoonful of grease and an alka-seltzer i was actually thinking grease also so that works out well there you have it guys those are your spells for tonight stupid spells feel free to use them we'll throw these up on our website eventually as well and if you have any other spells, maybe we have inspired you to create a spell, show it to us. We'll, we'll post it. We'll promote this. Write to us. Info at goblinscorner.com. Matt at goblinscorner.com. Or Eric at goblinscorner.com. That's all the time we have for this week. Hope you enjoyed our Stupid Spells edition. Again, write to us if you've got some. Once again, my name is Eric. And I'm Matt. We'll see you next time. The 
The Goblin's Corner has been written and produced by Eric Holden and Matt Stable. D20 did our music. And this has been a subterranean production. Later.